you're smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. Let's get to it. So we're going to do a really interesting conversation today. Whatever you're doing, you're driving, you're walking, you're sitting at your desk, I'm going to invite you to be really intentional in listening today because I've got an extraordinary guest on our podcast. Doug Garland is joining me. He is a now retired academic orthopedic surgeon, but he is going to talk to us not about that. He's going to talk to us about something that he wrote, his wonderful book called the tall poppy syndrome, the joy of cutting others down. It's certainly a confidence sweet spot. So Doug, thank you for joining me and having this conversation today. It's my pleasure. So we need to start with what is tall poppy? And if you can explain it to me and even the people out there who have never heard about it, I would be grateful. The tall poppy is a metaphor. It's for seeing a field of poppies and seeing one or a few taller than the rest and want to cut that poppy down so that all are equal. It's a very natural, emotional thing to do. We just can't help ourselves. Uh, so in America, this syndrome is, well, is not well known. So that's why I wrote the book. All right, so let's dig a little bit into that because you said a lot in a very short way and I appreciate that. But when you say cutting other people down, like emotionally, verbally, or what does that really mean? Well, it's act, it is active and passive. So let's, let's use your neighbor. So there's a lot of so-called neighborhood envy. So you have a ni nice block and then you have someone growing tall. He's, he is, uh, that family is nice yard, nice cars are a little better than the neighborhood. So the active part of that would be maybe he has a really nice sports car and you key it. So you're actually using envy for this. It's a compare, envy is the comparison emotion. Envy is two components, good envy and bad envy. Good envy would be try and emulate that family whatever that means. I mean, if you want to work harder and have more money and buy a better car, but that's in emulation. But the true definition of envy is coveting what others have and actually wanting to destroy their happiness. So the bad envy is that um, wanting to destroy them. So the indirect cause would be disparaging remarks about that person to the neighborhood. And, you know, it's, it's inherently hard to be really good and it's inherently easy to be evil. So we have a tendency to drift, drift towards the negative and try and cut that person down. Yeah, you know, we've done a lot of topics on bullying and toxicity and even on envy as, as a signal to tell you that there's something there that you actually really want and to use it productively. So I'm curious, you know, you said it's not as prevalent in the U.S. Do we see a very big difference culturally? Well, the, the original premise of when I did, uh, when I actually felt I was tall poppied in a 
Australian person told me I was tall poppy and it's prevalent in the Australian society. Australia was a penal colony for England and that culture has remained in that society. So they like everybody equal there and, and tall poppy is, is part of their culture. I, after I was told that, then I searched America and I thought, well, maybe it's our individualism. Why don't we know about the tall poppy here? That we worship the individual. So my original premise of the book, I set the book up as a study and the original premises was that that the individualism prevented the tall poppy syndrome. 10 years later, when the book was written, I mean, it's all happening in 10 years time, I'm learning more and more. I actually felt the tall poppy syndrome was in America more than any other country. And it's in all countries. I thought ours was protected by our individualism, but it was, I feel it's actually the meritocracy of our society and the growing tall and crawling the ladder of success and we have competition. And when we have competition, um, then there's gonna be somebody loses. And frequently if it's a negative emotion that drove it, anger, for example, but mostly it's envy, um, then you're gonna have the tall poppy syndrome. So uh, at the and don't forget that there are more tall poppies in America than any other country. So we have the opportunity to have more cutting. So both reasons I feel uh, it's more prevalent in America than, than any other country. And it was originally described as, as a government issue. The original description of the tall poppy syndrome was a kingdom and the king, his son went to the next town to rule it, he couldn't do it. So he sent a messenger back to his father how to a rule, his father went out into a field of poppies and lopped them off. That was described by Livy. And that became the tall poppy syndrome, but it was really then governments cutting down the opposing leaders. And I actually felt our, our government is one of the better gov governments in the world. Um, but I, I felt our government was also cutting people down and they use the various departments, whether it's the Justice Department, the IRS or Federal Trade Commission. But we have, we have a lot of departments in, in our government that cut people down. So the tradition of the, the original description and governments throughout society and, and our government is, uh, gets no pass either. Yeah, and I, you know, without getting too tangential, because I want to stay in the confidence lane always in this pod, but you know that you could actually say that this is the fundamental difference between our political parties is the one's very tall poppy, the other one's very not, right? So yes, yes, yeah, so interesting, Absolutely. very interesting. And you and I, as economic wonks, maybe we can riff on that another time. But let's go back to kind of the personal impact, and I know from even our own listeners, they, they, the number one requested topic has been how to deal with gossip and bullies in the office uh, at work. But um, it seems that what you're saying is that tall poppy applies to all aspects of life and can happen in any you know, personal professional. I'm curious, do, we, do you think we get rewarded to be a tall poppy cutter or is that considered bad? So uh, let me try and get both of that. So I, to help 
people understand the concept, I divided it into two groups. One is the peer-to-peer and one is the public. And the public is really the where the tall poppy is involved. So that if you have some Hollywood star such as Will Smith uh, get cut down by the public after the Academy Award, that's the example of the tall poppy, the true example. But the tall poppy syndrome happens to real people. So it happens in your family when you're growing up. You get into school, it happens to you. It happens in your neighborhood. And of course, at work, it happens all the time. So it's what I call peer-to-peer. And there is no, not necessarily a tall poppy. And that, once again, is driven by envy, especially bad envy. So you're in competition, whether you're in your family, in your neighborhood, um, at work. So the peer-to-peer is sort of equal people and somebody trying to get an advantage, and usually they do it negatively. And so that it's that that um, cutting that occurs from the bad envy. But you're also right; it's it's um, the competition. But bullying is, you know, is, is, they're similar, but they are dissimilar as well. But the, you know, the bully, the problem with the bully is that behavior works in the family and in the school. And so they continue that behavior into the workplace. The problem is if nobody ever calls them out, there's never self-reflection and they can't help themselves. It's been successful and that's why they continue to build on it. So part of understanding the tall poppy syndrome is it helps you because it is so prevalent, I feel, in America that you there's emotions involved with the cutter, there's emotions involved with the cutty, and there's also the emotions involved in the biased person watching the whole thing unfold. So as you understand the syndrome, you you make better judgments and you can self-improve. I mean, I was tall poppy. I grew tremendously after that happened as I searched my soul for why why I was tall poppied. What did you, give us a little bit more? What happened and what was the sole result? Well, I was an academic uh, orthopedist as well as running a private practice, and I was head of the American Spinal Injury Association. I was to go to Australia to for a six weeks sabbatical to help them with some of their spinal cord injury units. And when I came back from a meeting where we were actually setting this up, I had a note on my office. Uh, saying that my office had been moved down to a cubbyhole. I had the premier office, our unit, the spinal cord injury unit I was running was 100 beds, which is one of the largest in the world. So it's a premier position, and I published a lot of scientific material from that. And I I was just devastated when I found that note on my office door. And I've been, been at that hospital for 30 years, and most of it I had trained there and, and for the most part, it was volunteer time. I had a busy private practice, plus all my research and stuff. So I was just dumbfounded at what happened. And fortunately, I went, went home and told my wife, and, and she called it moving your cheese. She said, well, they've moved your cheese. You know, you've been there 30 years, and younger people are there, and they, they want to move up. And so you're, you're kind of in the way. So you need to go resign. So I... Went back to the office the next day, brought in three 
two pet big plastic containers and I threw all my research, all my slides, my talks, everything, just closed it, put, put my key on the desk and walked out. And I called the people in Australia and told them I wouldn't be coming. That's why I threw everything away. I knew somebody would talk me into coming back. And I told them what happened. They said, well, you've been tall poppy. So that was my introduction to the tall poppy syndrome. It was really good. My wife and I took Fridays off and we enjoyed LA, which is very hard to do on the weekend. And my private practice thrived. I became head of the joint service there and ran a good service. So it, it turned out to be a huge growing process for me. And, and plus then writing the book, which was 10, 10 long years. So just because you get tall poppy doesn't mean that's the end of the world. I have a chapter in the book of the tall poppy syndrome and of the tall poppy hall of fame and every tall poppy that's in that was cut down. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being so honest about it because I think there is a, a clear paradox or maybe it's just a, it's, it's, it's the result of the syndrome itself, which is we are encouraged to succeed and be academically business-wise, whatever your lane is, suit, you know, as good as you can be, be best, right? Correct. And I think, you know, um, no, I don't think I know, I know uh, per, per se with my own educational lane, as well as all the people I work with and some of the accomplishments, you know, it can really be intimidating to people, right? You know, you, I'm sure there's a lot of podcasters you talk to that they're just scared to talk to somebody who's been a, a surgeon, right? Like, it's just that's scary to people. Um, scary in a, an intimidating way, and and I guess my my question to wrap up today's conversation because this is we it's fascinating, and I and I um, we're going to put information about your book. People can really dig deep. Is how do you avoid or should you avoid being a tall poppy, particularly if you're in the United States? Is that something that we should learn how to do, or is it just something that we need to be aware of? No, we want to do that. That's part of I think our cancel culture now. The worst thing we can do. I mean, if they have egregious behavior, fine. So egregious behavior, my definition of egregious behavior is too much power, it's hubris, pride, uh, lust, and greed. I mean, when I look at the egregious behavior and why people are cut down, it's for those three, those three main reasons. But let, remember, we don't advance as a society without tall poppies. So it's really good to have tall poppies. And you're right, I mean, the mantra in my household was you got to go to college to get ahead. So it is, it's just driven into us. It's in America, it's part of who we are. And, and I, I'm a true believer in that. And, you know, I grew up in a small farm town and I had my, fortunately I had good envy. I didn't understand it at the time, but I always aligned myself with smarter people because I knew they had better habits than I did. They had something I didn't have. So I tried to emulate them. That's how I got into medical school. That's how I was very successful in both my private and my academic practice was aligning with good people. So we need, that's what monuments are for and, and, things to help remind us and to follow the, the, lead, the good leader. So yes, tall poppies are extremely uh, important. The Dutch have a saying that the tall tree captures all the wind. So that's why 
Uh, some people don't want that responsibility because when you stick out, there will be people want to cut you down. And that's why the book is important because it helps you understand the emotions of the cutters and the emotions of the cutty and the emotion, your own emotional involvement in this, especially if you've been cut down. If you've been cut down, it's time for growth and self-improvement. Words of wisdom beyond anything that I think any young person is yet to appreciate, but I certainly do. So I am so grateful for your time here. DougGarland.com is your website. We will put that in our show notes as well, again, as a link to the book. For those of you who are listening, it's the tall poppy syndrome, the joy of cutting others down. Doug, thank you so much for uncovering this, sharing it with us and being so generous with your, your own story and time. It's been my pleasure. Joy meeting you. So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website, www www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. I also want to remind you once again that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.